Hello, and welcome to Wives of the Weirdos, a journey home. I'm your Dungeon Master, Darby, and joining me as always are Zoe, playing Sevia, Emily, playing Beatrice, Laura, playing Conrad, Mitch, playing Exley, and Johanna, playing Thor. Let's jump into it. But before we do, just a quick heads up, there is a slight issue with the quality of this week's episode due to some recording issues. Uh, we have salvaged the episode as best we can, uh, but there is still a little bit of audio popping. Thank you for understanding. Where we last left off, the party delved into Skull's seat, the underwater volcano, uh, following the lead of Percival Dorolo and Grog Strongjaw, uh, who have followed this path before. Um, meanwhile, they, um, yeah, they, they, along the way, found themselves having to fight some um, magma land sharks, uh, which fucked them up a bit, particularly Sevia, um, but a little magic helped them recover somewhat. Um, so, um, they also, during that combat, were surprised by the return of their old uh, Warforged friend, Exley. Who Conrad recognises, but does not know the name of. So, what would you like to do? Well, uh, so we've just, um... Slide right in here real quick. We've just like run into another. So we are we still in the room? Like because we can't. Some of us are like underwater breathing. Some of us are just trying not to breathe. Yes. So where where have we, we gone to? Off. Where we left off, you were still in that section. Um, but yeah, you can basically go. Yeah, we will talk about this when we have clear air uh, and continue through. Um, I will say, though, because of the heat in here, can I get everyone to roll me a constitution saving throw, except for Fall, as your tiefling heritage uh, inures you somewhat to the extreme heat in here. Um, Beatrice was standing next to, was, like, standing with her hand on uh, Sevia's shoulder, so Sevia, you get a plus five. Uh, dirty 20 for Conrad, who I believe um, did uh, survey the scene, kind of laid his eyes on, upon Exley for a moment and then just dashed off after Grog and Percy. Okay. Uh, also a dirty 24 Exley. Okay. Uh, 22. Okay. And Beatrice. 27. You are all fine. Um, actually, I'll double check for Percy. Yeah, that's fine. And Grog, almost certainly. Yeah. I don't know why I even bothered checking for Grog. <laughs> Not an incredibly high DC, and he has incredible con and proficiency in saves. So, all right. 
So eventually uh, you find your way into um, what is it? You find yourself into um, a section uh, where there is a pool of water where you can go in and continue your journey through. Um, continuing the path of the tunnel as it curves around and goes into the decline, continues and maintains its width of about 15 to 20 feet on either side. Uh, you glance down the decline and there's a portion of the ground that opens up and glowing molten rock slowly drips and dribbles down uh, for about 40 or 50 feet. Um, you glide down, the air is warm as it passes you by. Holding your breath at this point because you are... Or, no, not holding your breath. Uh, with Well, holding your breath within the the water masks um, for those who need them. Uh, you, uh, you glide down and get past the lava, which eventually comes and cools in a clump, small mount, a small mound where it seems a recent hole punched out of and has been punched out of and begins to dribble down. Uh, it's been cooling and causing this extra layer of the tunnel. Everything seems to be in this weird state of flux and you continue past it and it drops into a tunnel below, maybe about 20 or 30 feet wide. Uh, it descends downwards and as you land, you look up and you can see across the rock here, there is one portion of the wall that is smoother than the rest in a concave perfect square across the opposite side. You can see faint runes or glyphs that are pressed into the stone, like part of it has been untouched for quite some time. And you gather that the air is a lot less acrid here and it is possible to actually breathe as well. So we're out of the water at this point? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> probably all like bedraggled little fish. Um, and then I guess probably by this moment, um, uh, Conrad, who's probably been following closely behind where Grog and Percy are, is just kind of just shaking himself off a bit. And it's like, one moment. And then sort of uh, turns around. And so is everyone present coming um, to this point? I presume Exley as well. Uh, Exley would have been uh, following closely behind. He would have been either at the back or towards the back of the group. Excellent. Um, so then Conrad turns around um, kind of sharply and immediately raises his rapier, pointed in warning directly towards where Exley is. Um, and I guess for flavour, our listeners know this, but like um, for Exley's sake and for Mitch's sake, only two weeks at most have probably passed since Exley saw Conrad last. And he's damp and bruised from the swim and the assault by the lava bullets, sort of darkening tears in an outfit fancy like your first meeting sort of, but with a quick assessment, a patch together away as strapping of armour, weaponry, and more notably dark around the eyes, paler in the skin, a heavier presence of magic or something else. Else. even a touch of the place you once called home 
or the place you once inhabited, Barovia. And he speaks with his rapier raised, and he's like, You! Why did you seek to assist, and where from did you come by here? Who are you? Automaton, speak! It's Ixley! What does that mean? He was up. Hi! How are you? I would like to know that you are Exley, actually. Things have been very weird. Salad. How do you wish to determine this? What did you do that made everybody very angry? There are several that I can think of. The most notable would be a misguided understanding that I may or may not have set Strahd upon a village. Yeah, this is definitely Exley. Ding, 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 ding. Strahd, and why did this metal man set him upon a village? He was a vampire locked in a plane of... say vampire, Percy cocks his gun and aims it at Exley. Exley wasn't... One good reason why I shouldn't shoot you on sight. Can I ascertain that this anger is from the word vampire? It... Uh, roll me an insight check. Oh. See. <laughs> uh, 27. 20, yeah, it it immediately, like, was immediate reaction upon the word vampire. Excellent. Because he is dead. More so than normal. And uh, that justifies your actions. Setting a vampire upon a village, allowing him his way with them. Sylvia <laughs> on the ground having the worst day of her life goes, Percy, it's fine. Conrad will deal with it. Until, like, I got his rapier pointed. Um, he's... Again, like, it's difficult because he looks more sort of desperate rather than huffy, like a boy. Um, but there is that tinge of, I've made a call here and everyone else has been sort of jumping over him um, or diffusing it. Um, and he doesn't understand why, um, specifically in this situation. Um, this is something he doesn't like normally, but there's something missing. Um, and... Um, Anyone who would have been, I mean, everyone's really looking at between Exley and Percy at this current point, but anyone who would have a high enough perception to notice when Exley says, because he is dead, some shadow crosses across Conrad's face for a moment. Yeah, roll me a charisma saving throw for that, Laura. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 um, okay, this might be alright, um, 23. Okay, 
That is enough. You feel like some dark magic tries to escape from you. And those around you um, see a flicker of arcane amber just flare out from his hand before being suppressed um, at the mention of Strahd. <laughs> and so probably... Because <laughs> it's all happening at once. By the by, the point that Sabi's like, "Oh, Conrad will take care of it." Conrad just like just reflexively like kind of grips and regrips the rapier that he's holding, is like shaking a bit more, and then just sort of just like changes his shifts his footing and regains his stance. Um, and he's like, "I do recall this. I don't recall you." Percy lowers his gun, and he says to you, Exley, I will trust these people to vouch for you for now, but you step one foot out of line, and I will not hesitate to unload. What is that? And Exley gestures towards the uh, presumably weapon that was pointed at him. It's an invention of mine. You need not know more. Done this world enough. Interesting. I wish not to inflict it upon other worlds. <clears throat> um, right. Uh, yes, uh, we can vouch for X. It's true he's done some bad things, but he is an ally to us and he shouldn't harm us. And then the um, fall goes and directs this to Conrad, looking a little concerned. Um, uh, yes, he's an old ally who we were separated from. He helped us to defeat Strahd and travel alongside us. And he's still holding the little rapier, but he's like, again, there's like these flashes of distress over his face. He's like, the automaton. Yes. This is the automaton. Yes, that's that's right. What is your name? There's a, a pause as um, Exley is kind of staring either intently or vacantly. It's very difficult to tell with the, the little LEDs um, <clears throat> with a, a cocked head just directly at you. Um, and then he responds with, I am designation 42. And Conrad almost finds himself cocking his head to one side as well, as he's done many, many, many times since Exley left. In like a mirror. Like, 42, you say? That is correct. Are you okay? And, um, like, across Conrad's face, like, there's a flash of anger and, like, fear and then, like, embarrassment. And then, uh, again, just, he kind of, kind of, like, sets his face, which is something... That's a progression that quite often is very plain on his face, much more than he'd like it to be. Um, 
and he just sort of like schools it um, with his like brows turned turned downwards. I I do not I do not know. This is surprise, but and Conrad looks around and I was you all you all know know him with such familiarity. You're saying such things, but I don't... I don't recall. And then he, like... Which is probably more indicative of his his current thoughts, I suppose. He does sort of, like, waver the point of the rapier and and more turn towards, like, Fool and Sevia and Beatrice. We're just ignoring, like, this, you know, haze of (laughs) malice from, like, Percy (laughs) in the background and, like, I didn't. Re- if it were important, I would remember. Why can't I? I would remember. Beatrice walks over to Conrad and like grabs him by the collar and drags his face down to her, and like looks at him in that way. You know, like really in when birds are like really intently like looking at something, and they just sort of like on one side. She's just like staring straight in his eyes. Um, so Conrad is like momentarily just like a bit stunned um, that she does this, um, but so, which is how she like, and she's strong, so which is how she um, drags him uh, closer in, and then he will try to like um, shift out of her. What? There is something wrong. Of course, there's something wrong. We just swung through a volcano. We just, I, we just got eaten by, uh, attacked by something that came out of fire, which is normal for us, I suppose. But why don't I remember? Beatrice lets him go and then walks over to Savia and like. Guide Savior across to us to the side. <clears throat> what? Be- sorry, Beatrice. I'm. You and Conrad have been talking a lot lately. Feel like you know a little bit more about what's going on. I. I. She looks at Beatrice and then across at Conrad. And then at fall, and then at Exley, and her gaze lingers there for a really long time. She looks back at Beatrice. We should have told you. His. She leans closer. She's wanting to make sure that only Beatrice can hear this. His gods have been taking his memories. He remembers flashes of an automaton, glimpses of times actually helped. He doesn't remember his name at all. Everything else is hazy. I fear it will soon be gone altogether. 
he's lost other things as well. We don't know the extent of it. We, we've been trying to help. This is... This is... I don't know how to help. All we do for now is focus on task at hand, yes? And if we can figure out the way, along the way of helping Condor, it perhaps, perhaps the best thing would be to try and find a way to sever the link, yes? I fear severing it will take everything. And I also fear it's the only option. Perhaps this is a discussion that uh, we should have with Morden Kynan. Yes. Yes. Gods. We'll sort it out. For now, we keep Conrad calm. Yes? Yes. Good. Beatrice wanders back over to the group. Um, just as a question, um, yeah. mainly to Beatrice and Sylvia, were the two of you turned away from the party at that time during yes. the conversation? Yes. Okay. I imagine Sylvia kept looking back at the group, so yes, you lip-reading fuck, you probably know glimpses of it, just not all of it. <laughs> I know there was a conversation about Conrad. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. Um, and during this conversation, uh, Full would have um, gone to Conrad just after Beatrice left. And just kind of like... Um, Kind of like uncomfortable body language trying to and trying to like approach him like uh, very aware of like all the, the people that are around like percy and grog and exley and everything and just kind of like um linear uh conrad and say softly um i'm sorry it's uh i think this is one of the things that uh we realized with the the memories being taken it's hard. It's um, actually is one of them. That's what's happening. I ah, uh, he's still just like holding the right people. It's like more uselessly now, and he looks quite young. He looks younger than you do, fall in like for a moment. And he just sort of like um, it certainly doesn't look calm, as Beatrice is suggesting. Um. But sort of steps in a little bit. Um, yes, no, that makes sense. That's what they threatened. But I don't. <sighs> this doesn't. No matter. Well, this is this. Forty-two was an ally. Yes. You come yes. with no ill will. 
he calls out <laughs> over Paul's shoulder. I do not. I do not believe I ever have. Except for our first meeting. Our first meeting? Indeed. I was attempting to investigate your group to see if you were allied with Strad. I determined you were not, and thus approached. And again, like, for very, depending on how easily Exa reads emotions, there is some kind of expression, like, even forward notice, there's some kind of expression when Exley speaks of Strad that sticks quite hard with Conrad um, in this moment. Um, it sort of just, like, shakes his head back a bit um, and sort of, again, reflexively sort of clenches his fist um, that's holding the rapier where the magic had almost come out or the moment ago. I see. But that's right. And then an automaton left when we were in the tomb. Gone. Yes, we don't really know what happened there. Lost. I remember that. I mean, of course I do. What happened? I believe it is an important distinction that I did not make. Or rather, I was not the one who left. Hmm. And Conrad, like, um, sort of, um, lowers his rapier more and sort of just, like, just lightly pushes Fall to one side as he steps forward in front of Fall. What do you mean? Why are you here now? Speak. I wish to know. 42. Because we are one. We are a team. A team. Card looks back at um, Fall and at Saver and Beatrice who are having a hushed conversation, probably finishing up at that point. Yes. Team. Of course. <laughs> And you return. How? That was on another plane. It was. It was quite a journey. I, I was say. teleported somewhere in the temple and I was attacked. The creature was destroyed, and I removed myself from the room that I was trapped in. I then wandered the halls of the temple trying to find you. But then you left. So I have continued to try to find you, and now I am here. We left. Oh. 
were forced to leave. Yes, we were teleported away too, right? Yes, Celia wanders back over to the group. A lich sent us to hell. We had no way of getting back. Uh, Exley takes a quick look around. Um, while we are in the center of a volcano, is this any sort of description that he has heard of hell? Uh, roll me a religion check. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, six. Six. He's like three months old. <laughs> you, you, like, the closest you have heard of hell is like, there's a mad woman in, I think it's Valaki, Lady Wachter, who is obsessed with hell, and then Strahd is sometimes called the devil. That's about all you know. Exley uh, opens up his mouth and then sort of closes it again with a little like um, and he just sort of cocks his head to the other side um, as if he's trying to think of what to say is a similar thing that Conrad's doing currently as Fall and Seaver interjecting to try to set the story straight. He's trying to place something. We did not choose to leave you behind. We looked for you. We were running out of time. We went to fight the Lich, bring back the ability for healing and to happen and for life to continue. And the Lich took issue with us, sent us to Avernus, the plane known as Hell. Mordenkind had sent you that message, we had no other way to get to you. I'm not strong enough. And I believe it is good that I am. And he's going to reach into his uh, one of the satchels that's on his side, uh, and he's just going to throw a fairly large uh, leather pouch just in the middle of the groove, um, and it just sort of ching to ching uh, on the ground, um, and kind of like opens up a little bit, and you just see. Uh, a lot of gold spread out. <laughs> oh my. How does... How did that get you here? It did not. But it does mean that you no longer need to return to the Mornlands. This is the reward. I have not yet divided it. Oh! The reward for the tomb. Of course. You were there. You completed it. You took care of the lich. 
death curse has been removed. You do remember that before being sent away, um, you collectively did destroy the Atropole and the Soulmonger. Um, at which point, one, four was able to be brought back to life um, as an indicator of the death curse being lifted. And two, a bunch of souls just escaped from the Soulmonger and got to go to their afterlives. Yes. You completed the journey, we did not. So we were torn away from there. I did. I assumed you had good reason for not collecting the reward. Being we forcibly teleported would classify as a good reason. We could not return when we were shunted to stop us from completing our goal. We were at the behest of Mordenkainen, who, who knew you. Yes, contacted the automaton. And Mordenkainen requires a, an item to, to travel. And we, it was stolen from him, so he could not return us. And we've been trying, and then we failed. And he sort of like um touches uh, a bit where like his like uh, collar is sort of like one button's undone. There's incredibly dark bruising around his neck, almost as if like there's been like a the big hand has grabbed that. And then he just sort of like looks distant again. And now we are here. A long string of events. And you have followed us here. How? How did you travel here when modern cannon could not? I required a tuning fork. I found... I heard word of where one was. So I travelled and retrieved it. But how did you know we were? That is difficult to explain. You are of a great help, Sylvia. Me? Of course. I've been here the whole time. How was I helping you? Sylvia, roll me an intelligence. And yet you were with me. As I do that, actually, do you want to finish your sentence? <laughs> no, he just says, and yet you were with me. That's such a bad check for her. Um, in 14. Um, you vaguely remember something about a clone that the hags had. <laughs> See, I remember that. Sylvia doesn't. You mean you? Oh my God! You the lucky like? She she's still connected to me. Currently, yes. 
Oh my god, those hags are powerful. How did is she is she alright? Did she help you? Is she here? Does she is have she... a name? What the hell is she? What's happened? That was several questions. I will attempt to answer them. She is fine. I believe she does have a name. She has been given several. She was assisting me in my attempt to rejoin you. As for where she is currently, I do not know. She wished to explore her own future. Oh, that's good. Good. What? What's her name? I do not know the name that she chose for herself. I refer to her as Designation 43. Savia's <laughs> expression drops a little bit. And then I was like, no, that's affection for Axley. Um, <laughs> that's, that's cute. <laughs> its own way. And one could argue that she... And she just kind of nods. So I did it. Oh, God. <laughs> whether, whether or not she... I don't like the ethics of a humanoid, <laughs> Who knows? But... Mm. Well... Conrad is still looking somewhat distant, questioningly at X at forty two, and just under his breath, as before, Sevier responds. However, she will, I imagine, just goes a feature of her own. But I am glad she could help. Who teleported you here? That is also a difficult question. We have your seconds. The travelling party that I was with from the temple. We were all very powerful in our own ways. It was interesting learning how others were, and through that learning my own capabilities. Your capabilities? Can you traverse the planes? A construct Given the appropriate time and items, I can. With the fork that Indeed. you sought out. That is how I got here. You have magic such as that to traverse the plains. I have acquired many a great magic in my time traveling, both with you and with my other group. Uh, that is most impressive. You have good skill then, 42. 
That is a great asset to wish to return to us with. A long journey to find us here under the ocean. We can look where we are. Can I get some help here? I need someone nice and strong to help me uh, rip this open. And he points at like the stone wall. Uh, right. Yes, of course. Right. So. <laughs> Full probably looks comically like small and skinny next to Grog. Yeah. Uh, so, Fall, um, we'll have you roll the check here with advantage for helping Grog. Just a strength check. Uh, yes. Okay. Advantage, that is uh, 21. 21, okay. So the two of you struggle for a moment, but as you tense yourselves, you push, push and shoves, and your fingers grind and actually break the stone to an extent. Um, and as you reveal metal, um, the stone crumbles down, and as you pull your hands back a little bit, you you are pulling away volcanic stone, the glyphs that you saw before actually breaking around your grasp, um, yours and Grog's, and you can look inside and see hammered dark metal on the other side. You put your hand in and shove as hard as you can, and with a very faint grinding, you feel it give an, about an inch, then another inch, and then eventually it gives out suddenly, and you watch the entire square structure fall inward with a slamming echo. The sound that echoes again and again down a stairway that disappears from view about 20 feet ahead of you. All right, so got it. Right, uh, so uh, what did that achieve there? We need to get through. Oh, this way. Uh, fantastic. Watch your step. You, you, Grog says as he jumps, and you notice, um, as he does so and lands, that these are massive steps. Um, there, where was, like, um, they are, like, yeah, incredible, um, height to these steps. Um, I just need to find the... A very hostile, well, mostly short party. <laughs> if we had a Nomar yeah. a half... They're, they're traversable, but they're about three feet wide each step. Um, so you um, yep. And a party full of short kings. Yeah. Could Beatrice fly with someone, like, holding someone, if that someone was, say, Sevier? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be pretty much at half speed, but time isn't necessarily quite of the essence to that extent. Um... Beatrice is going to scoop Sevier up in a bridal carry and start flying down. 
Let's go. Phew. Uh, right before Stevie uh, is gonna be like as Paul and Grog are ripping the stone apart, Stevie is gonna be like, "Hey, you, we're here to banish a god." And then, as she opens her mouth to elaborate, she gets scooped up and carried away, and she. I feel there should be more to that. Paul <laughs> looks at um, Beatrice flying along with Savia and looks disappointed, uh, both because he's like, hey, that's my girl, I could help her, and also because he's like, hey, that looks fun, <laughs> I want to do that, no. I want to carry it flying. If memory serves, who here is ma wearing magical boots? Conrad and Fall, this is probably going to be a concern for the two of you at the moment. What? What was Oh. How so? The heat of the metal down there. Oh. No, that's the point. Yes, that is not good. Uh, um, I do not have much I can do in the face of this. I can, uh, I can make you resistant to, like, heat and fire and everything. I don't know if that would work enough. Would that not work enough for you? I don't know. I'm already a bit resistant. So what, what kind of shoes are Conrad and Fall wearing? He just has boots. Steel couch boots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fall just has leather boots. Okay. None of them are magical, yeah. No. Were those part of your leather armor set that you got? Possibly, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... They're fancy boy boots. There might be some light enchantment on them. He wanted to look nice, but has yeah. <laughs> now been yeah. swimming through the ocean. Paul, you know, like, your... Can I, can I wrap the wraps of Diamac around my feet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Are they fire-resistant? Because uh, they're magical. They're magical, yeah. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, overcome. Yeah. Cora's like, well, well, I'll find a way, regardless. And he sort of like um, sheaths his rapier, turning finally away from staring at Exley, um, and kind of like grip, like clenches his fist a little for a moment, and then sort of like the like black sort of like ghosts of like veins around his neck and um his eyes flash for a moment and um the teardrop of amber runs down as he activates form of dread uh, shadows um slide up around him for a moment and sort of becomes temporarily more gaunt more hollow and he gets cool 16 temporary hit points okay which he nice. needs currently um uh, sort of like makes him look sicker and like because he's he's still been uh, bitten mauled quite severely by this creature before it's like still like darkened blood but um but not not actively bleeding currently 
Yeah. So it looks pretty horrible right now. <laughs> Ooh, uh, cool, cool, cool. Um, I'll still give you the protection from heat thing. Is that okay? He like tentatively holds out a hand to touch Creepy Conroy's shoulder. <laughs> so it feels more bony. <laughs> Cool. Other hand touching his um, uh, liar, he'll just like put a hand on his shoulder. A little pulse of energy comes out, and that's protection from energy. So you've got resistance to fire damage for the next hour. Oh, fool! Appreciated, fool. No problem. It will not cause problem for anyone else. We should probably hurry before Sevia and Beatrice come across anything. Oh, that's true. I am made entirely of non-magical metal. I believe this entire chamber will be a problem. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. I can solve this problem myself. However, that would, would require a great deal of effort on my half. That would not be useful, I suppose. <clears throat> My life only lets me keep someone uh, fire resistant once a day. Damn, I thought I had a spell I could use, but I don't. <laughs> Where'd it go? That's fun. Alright. I can't deal with this problem myself. It is fine. So everyone has some method of getting down now, then? <laughs> that they, and it remains to be seen. They are happy to risk. So, Conrad, using your form of dread to kind of bolster yourself. Paul yeah, again, he needs it. The wraps around your boots. And, Exley, what is your method? Uh, well, as everyone turns away, Exley bursts into flame and uses vestiture of flame. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, let's get a district for Exley as well. Mm. Um, this man is on fire. And you see... What magic? Walks along the wall. Sideways. <laughs> um, as his, his shoes seem to almost cling to the wall. Um, nice. Um, so, as... You collectively descend. All your measures seem to have been sufficient to protect your various forms of footwear. Um, and as you descend, the staircase continues below as the hallway comes to an end and you find yourself descending into the centre of a massive hexagonal chamber. The walls climb about 20 feet on each, other, each of the hexagonal sides. There's one flat wall ahead of you, and you assume probably one behind, that you cannot see it from your current perspective on the staircase. You can see that the walls are still made from the long plates of intricate hammered metal, black and red tinted with dust and rock, and whatever other materials were forged into the actual metal. The support girders of dark red metal marks the seam at every wall plate, like when you entered the hallway above. Centered to the chamber ahead of you, across the wall that you see there, there is a glowing pit of heated coals, about 15 feet on any side, that marks the floor before a giant metal wall with two X-shaped crossbeams that hit the corners of where that wall begins on each side. And in the centre where they meet, you see a raised relief of solid gold bolted there 
that surrounds an opening of some kind. There's a space in that golden relief. 25 feet to the ceiling and it's halfway down, so it's about 12 and a half feet in the center. So from the ground, you'd have to get up uh, to see it. Um, As a hole in relief, is it like a opening to a pathway or just? Um, there seems to be a pathway going through it. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's really where we need to. Um, yeah. Is that the way we need to get through now? <laughs> like, uh, is there other pathways? Hmm. All right. So, looking up above the coals and the heat emanating from them below, you are extremely hot. Uh, and you can see it warping the air above, but you can see that there is uh, access. Um, do you want to walk around the back of the staircase? <laughs> yeah, give it a squeeze. Um, you notice behind the staircase, um, there is a relief that a uh, the wall opposite the side of the relief contains a th uh, contains a space that appears to have once held some sort of figure in the relief that is no longer there. Um, you can see that there are four pillars right along the side where the staircase descends that contain bolted in large braziers that contain ever-burning flame. Um, Flickering that give uh, orange-red glow, similar to the coals you saw embedded in the ground as you arrived. Then, on the back side of the staircase and the columns that held it aloft. Um, yeah, um, and there is a furnace built into it, number of tools that are hanging to the side. Small tongs and, a heavy, and heavy leather gauntlets. This room is a smelter. Alright, so, this is where we need to melt down the platinum. Then we go on to the next room, where we put it all together. I see, ingenious. <laughs> Fascinating room, is this, um... Do you know where this came from? Is this, like, some religious significance? It was the forge of the old hammer himself. Here in the days of the, uh... Well, the days before the calamity. Right. That's a weird bust. For the sacred site, then. It was... We were led to it before, when... By the gods themselves, when... We were... Dealing with Vecna. Oh, good person. If they take no offence, that's fine then. The workshop is meant to be used. Paul. Let's fire up these coals, and those with the greatest resistance to heat, Grog, Paul, possibly Conrad, I don't know. Don't know your abilities all that well, but that belt there might suggest at least some strength or some attunement to fire. 
But yeah, it's a little red gems kind of flash for a moment. Actually, maybe since you seem to be on magical fire at the moment, that might help as well. Um, we're, we're going to need to melt down this platinum. We can't spare a drop of it. Is there much platinum in that reward that you brought back for yourself and your friends, Exley? I believe there is. I also have my own chat. Alright. He's going to pull out his own satchels and everything. He's got like four or five different pouches with various amounts of money in them. Uh, he just doesn't bother keeping it on his person. Um, Alright, we're going to need all the platinum we can. Um, and he, he gets out a notepad and quickly start, and, and like a, a quill and quickly starts jotting down. If we're short, we might be able to make a slightly inferior one mixing in some gold as well as a, as an alloy, but it's not going to be as reliable. Um, definitely not as effective as the ones made of pure platinum. I so hope we have enough then. Yes. It's been a long trip to get here. Yes. Now, actually, including um, what I told you during our little conversation was given for the reward. Um, yes. How much in gold and platinum do you have? Uh, so I don't remember the breakdown of the reward between gold and platinum, but that was... Uh, Including that, I have uh, three hundred platinum and six thousand gold, and then the reward. Okay, so um, it was. So I believe it was the equivalent of about a thousand gold each. The reward, or was it two thousand? I think it was about a thousand gold each. Uh, no, it was about 2,000, so it's going to be a stretch. You're going to have to use some gold to bolster it, but between um, between the gold and platinum of the reward, you have about 10,000. Beatrice also has 300 platinum. Hmm. So that was already... That was already counted? In, your, in the three that you already had budgeted Yeah. For. Um, okay, cool. And if you can, if you use all of your plat your 300 platinum actually, um, and put, if you have 2,000 in gold pieces, then you can put that towards it. It's not going to be perfect, but it's going to do, it's better than not having a fourth one. Um, Exley is just going to throw whatever he has okay. at the group. He has the concept of currency. All right. Um. As a as a very brief little sidebar, when everyone came down and Beatrice was flying around with the Sevia, when Exley entered completely on fire, Sevia would have turned to Beatrice, who would probably notice that Sevia is just like almost out of her mind with how overstimulating today has been. And she just kind of goes, well, clearly the conversation after we left went well. 
just just chuckles. All right. And and then would proceed to stay out of way of the heat. So, this smelting process is going to be a quick skill challenge. Uh, I'm going to allow five total attempts at something. Everyone, uh, I will allow to pitch me an idea of how they help with the smelting process. And depending on that, I will ask for a skill check of some sort. And you can, you need to have three successes total to uh, successfully smelt the, uh, the platinum properly. So who would like to make a suggestion first? Um, my immediate instinct is that if there's any point where the coals seem to waver, Sevia is going to use a lot of fire magic to keep everything burning as hot as it needs to to melt down platinum. Okay, so what we'll say there is I will ask you to roll me a... Um, I know. I'm going to ask you to roll me a constitution saving throw, mm -hmm. expend a spell slot of a level of your choice, you get a okay. bonus to the concentration saving throw for each based on the level of spell you choose. So if you want to cast a third level spell slot, then you get a plus mm -hmm. three bonus. If you want to cast fifth level, you get plus five, etc., etc. Um, okay. So that, that represents you using your magic to bolster and superheat this fire and concentrate okay. on it for as long as it needs to be. Okay. Um, and I'm assuming I have to pick the spell level before I roll the dice. Yes. Okay. I am going to do a fifth level because I really want this to work. Okay. <laughs> so that would end up being... And I'm also in Beatrice's arms. Do I get the paladin bonus that or is that not you applicable do, because here? this is a saving throw. Okay. So that's a plus 13 to whatever I roll. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because my cons are plus three, Beatrice is plus five, and then the fifth level. So, okay, so plus 13. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> this is either really bad or really good. That's a natural fucking 20. Okay, so <laughs> those coals just roar into life. The heat is almost painful for everyone in the room, but it's... You're able to, through your arcane prowess, just get it to the heat that, like, it's just hot enough that it's not emanating too far out um, at this intense heat. And, and you're actually able to contain the actual heat so that even being within close proximity to the flame doesn't feel um, extreme. Um, yeah. She's probably spell sculpting as much as possible to keep it in this shape. Yeah, yeah. cool. That is one success. Hell yeah. Who wants to go next? Um, oh. Well, if there's any particular equipment, um, Conroe will be following what Grog and Percy's direction is. Um, 
and he's sort of like uh, rolls his sleeves off. He's like, okay, um, well, I can help with finesse, or I can move. I can, I can, if as long as I concentrate hard enough on this, and he sort of like taps uh, one of the gemstones on his belt, I can utilize some of my strength. So, um, what should I do? I am at disadvantage here. I do not know anything of this sort of manual labor. So, right. Um, you are experienced. You have done this before. I understand this. This is the best that I can make myself useful. Grab one of those cars, and you see Grog points at like the big kind of stone boxes by the tools. <laughs> They're, they're probably about a foot uh, wide on either side. Or grab, grab four of them. We've got the material for four. Four of them. You can grab them one at a time. Yes, of course, I need that. Uh, certainly. Um, <sighs> he kind of like books from it's like, he, he like looks, it's like, no, but I want to impress <laughs> the big strong man. Okay, sure. And then he kind of just like looks around. Them multiple at a time if you want but he's gonna he's gonna be doing this <laughs> yeah. um so he vaults over um he's against he still looks pretty horrible um and um just sort of like slag off a good like a few drops of amber as he exerts himself but um as he like just like exerts effort which is a different sort of effort to gracefully turning like um using a rapier it's activating those muscles um his belt flashes and um uh the burst of he uses that burst of energy that strength of pushing his muscles to that limit to um move these as instructed okay. he doesn't look very pleased about the fact he's not a genius at this but yeah <laughs> okay uh roll me a strength check I would love to. Sure. All right. Here we go. Don't fail me now, dice. Uh, cool. That's a seventeen. Okay. So not super great, but that's okay. Um, they're even even with the belt of giant strength, they they are heavy, and you can only manage to get them over one at a time. Um, yeah. I okay. Uh, I will leave that ambiguous as to whether that it was a success or failure. Um, because it was kind of a cusp one. Um, natural 20 with a plus 13. There was no way that was a failure. But, uh, alright. So, uh, who is going to do something next? Um, so, Exley will uh, attempt to help. He's not, he's not done any sort of smelting in the past. Um... He did a little bit of metal work uh, while he was uh, refunding himself, um, but nothing to this sort of level. Uh, so I think what Exley is going to do is just sort of observe the the process as a whole, because everyone is focused on their own individual tasks. So it could be. Um, very easy to lose sight of the big picture. So I think what Exley is doing is he's trying to um, sort of sit back a little bit, make sure that everyone is flowing, uh, sort of use the skills that he has picked up in his 
lifetime of observing and watching and understanding how things work to see if there is a hole that needs to be filled or if someone is working too fast or too slow. Mm. Just watching the whole thing. Okay, so roll me, roll me a perception check. As you try to kind of middle manage the process. I guess. Yeah, it, like a foreman that doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay. Okay. Noted. Noted. All right. Who is next? I think Phil will probably also go to Grog after Connor and be like, um, oh, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Grog, I um, don't know how smelting works at all, but I am strong. We I'm dexterous or... Into the liquid. Ooh. We melt the metal okay. into liquid. I... I don't... Uh, uh, hmm. What can I help with? I can inspire people. Magically. Like Scanlon? Like what? <laughs> I like bad magic. Yeah, that's like Scanlon. Um, hmm. I don't think he was much help. Well, he was. But that was because he was a planetar. Uh, at the time. Um, you're strong? Yes. You're good with fire? Yes. Yeah, kind of. Help me hold, help me hold these in the fire. Shall do, okay. Okay. All right, so roll me a, uh, we will say a constitution saving throw as you hold uh, the, as, as the platinum is placed into the stone cases as you hold it into the fire. The mixture of your own infernal heritage uh, and Sevier's control of the flames through magic protecting you. Well, I got a natural four, which makes it a seven. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you... You... As much as it isn't hard... Inspire yourself for... <laughs> difficult to bear and um and you my wraps are still on my shoes as well so and you pull your arms out before like there's the there's the metal is barely gooey let alone liquid mm -hmm. uh and beatrice so Beatrice sort of watches for a bit and tries to work out what she can do. She probably doesn't step in until right towards the very end once everything has been sort of set in, in the casings and she will attempt to help cool the casings okay. by creating a very strong wind with her little wings. Okay, um, roll me, roll me an athletics check. Um, yeah. And it's a slow process because, like, um, since fall isn't able to quite, uh, withstand the heat for whatever reason in this moment, 
um, Grog is having to deal with them all himself. So it's one by one. Um, but That's a 21. 21. So it's not the perfect calling process, but it definitely does the job. Um, and you get it down to the point where it's still, it's still bubbling because um, you don't want it to be completely solid yet um, until it's in formation. But um, it definitely gets it to a point where it's malleable, um, but it's not going to burn to touch it or um, be too runny as a liquid. Um, okay. Um, I can tell you there were enough successes there for this process to be successful. Um, Long park if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And Percy uh, says, all right, so now we go to the anvil. Um, and as you continue through, um, you step out of the wall um, into another room. Um, unlike the ones you saw previously that were pressed in and released, these have a little more dimension to them, and the majority of the physical form is embedded backwards into the wall. Um, you see there is a... Uh, there is an anvil upon a high platform in the center of the room uh, and two smelting vats um, that, while not necessarily hot enough to do the smelting itself, um, should be enough to sustain, the, sustain enough heat to keep um, the, the platinum malleable. Um, you also see that there is in this room, and I didn't think I would have another opportunity to use this mini, but I don't really have anything else appropriate. Um, you see a giant um, automaton of sorts um, step out of the wall. Um, and... They all of a sudden come storming out, giant greatswords swinging in front of them and immediately heads towards you. And we are going to take a break um, and end the episode for this week. And next week when we come back, we're going to roll some initiative and uh, deal. Ah! <laughs> says, the fucker's back. Okay, <laughs> and we'll be back next week. <laughs> Cheers! Thanks for Bye. listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.